Welcome to the Mum Boss Podcast, hosted by me, Renee O'Neill. I'm your host, life and business coach for mums, and a mum of two myself. I'm here to help you be the present mum you're wanting to be, whilst also having a successful business, because you can have both. It doesn't have to be one or the other. You have come to the right place if you're a mum who dreams of time and financial freedom and wants to be fulfilled in life alongside motherhood. This podcast is a place where you can come to be inspired and empowered whilst also getting tangible tips, advice and strategies to help you in your life and business. So let's dive in. Okay, so on today's podcast episode, I have another special guest for you and I'm super excited about it. So Sam is an Enneagram coach and she's also a mum of two beautiful little boys and I've actually had the pleasure of connecting with her um, due to our mutual connections and interests that we have and in fact, we actually live only about 15, 20 minutes away from each other. So it's such a small world. So through being an Enneagram coach, she helps women embrace their strengths and really understand themselves better and help them step into their power to be themselves. And if you're listening to this and you're thinking, what's Enneagram? And wondering what that means, then don't worry, we'll go into all the details in this episode. So without further ado, I now introduce you to the lovely Sam. So welcome, Sam. Well, I'm very excited to have you on the podcast today. Hi, Renee. Thank you. Thank you so much. Firstly, thank you for um, inviting me onto your podcast to talk about the Enneagram and what I do. I'm, yeah, really excited to having a chat with you today. Yay. So I think what we'll do is we'll start by you introducing yourself and what it is you do for the people that either have never heard of Enneagram or only have a little understanding of it if you can talk about what it actually is as well absolutely well thank you very much for your introduction um (laughs) being a mama I live on the coast and yes I am a Enneagram coach I'm also a qualified life coach Uh, so I help support women to really understand their type and so their Enneagram type and how that is showing up in their relationships in their parenting and in their business and careers so they can really confidently embrace who they are every day. So what is the Enneagram? (laughs) Such a good place to start. (laughs) Uh, It is a self-awareness tool. Uh, Some people think about it as a personality type testing. It is really helps you to look at the conscious work and unconscious work to realise and own and accept your strengths and weaknesses. So it can be a little bit confronting sometimes. Uh, There's not always the great positives about it all the time, but it is really focused on helping you grow awareness of you. Uh, And I think with all the conditioning that we have these days in our society of who we think we should be and the boxes that we sort of try and fit ourselves into and realising that we just don't fit and then getting a bit frustrated. So this kind of gives us a tool of understanding ourselves better and to stop trying to fit into all these boxes and realising, oh, those boxes over there, they're for me Um, and what's meant for you and what's not. So we can kind of let that go. 
So the Enneagram itself is focuses around nine types. So Enneagram itself stands for any, which stands for nine, and gram, which stands for drawing. And the Enneagram, if you haven't seen it, Google the just the structure of it. It's actually like a diagram and the, the structure is really important. But today we were really just focusing on the nine types and what that means to you. So there's nine types. You've got type one, the strict perfectionist, type two, the considerate helper, three, the competitive achiever, four, the intensive creative, five, the quiet specialist, six, the loyal skeptic, and seven, the enthusiastic visionary, eight, the active controller, and nine, the adaptive peacemaker. Oh, perfect, Sam. That was a really good description of what it is because I was thinking to myself, how am I going to explain this to the audience? So I was grateful that you were able to do that. So can you give us a brief description of what each of those Enneagram types actually are? Because when you were reeling them off as to one to nine and what their type is, um, I think some people might already be sitting there thinking, hmm, I think I'm a four or a five. And I know for me, I'm a one, which is the strict perfectionist. And even if I hadn't done the test myself and knew which Enneagram I actually was, I would probably be able to identify that that one was mine. So are you able to give us a bit of a description of what each of those are? Oh, absolutely. And I just firstly want to mention to you that if you feel like you fit into more than one, type you probably do <laughs> and we mm. might talk about that a little bit later but I'll go through a sort of a brief description of sort of the generalized nine types and just understand there's more depth to it than this so you might feel like you do relate to more than one however we do just only have one core type so firstly we've got the strict perfectionist which you are Renee mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> ones are really all about improvement and right action So they are always ensuring that things are done correctly. They are principled with a clear sense of right and wrong and may seem idealistic and self-righteous or judgmental. They organise their world and value facts, precision, clarity, and they work really hard to avoid making mistakes. Their gift is in discernment, evaluation and knowing what's right. So these can sometimes feel a little bit like, oh, is that me? (laughs) (laughs) which it might be falling into that for you or it might be that um, you can kind of get flavours of each type as well. So um, I'll just jump on to and just kind of give you a brief description of all of them and, uh, yeah, we can chat a little bit more about it. So two is actually what I am. I'm an Enneagram type two, which is called the considerate helper. So twos want to meet others' needs in a helpful, supportive way. We're warm, giving and people-orientated. Uh, they seek affirmation for their relationships and may be sensitive and un- and actually get a little bit angry if they feel really unappreciated. They kind of need to be thanked a lot. <laughs> uh, they may over-involve themselves in others' lives and risk being manipulative. Um, but just start to get curious on where you might be in these types as well if I mention anything that feels a bit icky because there's ick factors in all of the types. So twos. Uh, development challenges are to give unconditionally and to nurture themselves as well as others as they are typically putting others before themselves which might sound as a really like oh that's a lovely thing to do but it can be really uh, challenging as you can become resentful for that we've got our threes threes are our competitive achiever 
So you might know a three in your life. Threes are doers and they tend to be really practical, task orientated. Uh, they have like a polished persona or image. They're very well put together. They seek affirmation from their relationships and maybe they are competitive and will make sacrifices to achieve their goals and appear really successful. Like if you feel like, you know, that person that like, oh, they just do all the things all the time. <laughs> this might be a three. However, they can be risk being overstrict or a workaholic. Uh, they may resort to deception or um, pretty much doing whatever it takes to win. So they're very competitive. Uh, at higher integration, so at higher growth levels for them, they work towards self-acceptance, authenticity, and connecting their hearts and their hands because they can be quite doing people. They kind of can struggle to sit in being because they're just always on the go. We've got fours, our intense creative, or sometimes you can see it as being the romantic type. So they search for meaning, depth, and authenticity. So these are the people that go out there and they wear what they want to wear. They are, they try to be as individual as possible and they really take that to uh, that's who they are and they really pride themselves on being that individual. They do not want to be known as being part of the part of the crowd or the sheep. They are going to do what they want to do when they want to do it and they can really be really creative people like artistic or musical or really anything in that really creative type of thing that can really express who they are as people. Uh, they can be really seen as emotional, moody, dramatic, and they, uh, on their on their flip side, they can focus on what they're lacking in their life. Fives are our quite specialists. So fives are our private individuals. So I'm going to be really frank. Most of the fives I know in my life are really introverted people. They like their space. They tend to really conserve their energy on what they want to do and are really good at creating boundaries because they're really focused on uh, exploring how their world works and really understanding. So their focus is really to be capable. So they're very good at learning um, particular things that they're really interested in. So in that sense, they can be withdrawn uh, and they can really ag be aggressive with their isolation. Like, I'm going to be honest, my husband's a five and he just loves his alone time and he really, that's how he recharges. So they really need that. They're quite uh, intellectual and they really um, have a sense of calm in, you know, environments maybe where things are feeling a bit chaotic. They can really really use their head center in um, emotionally detaching when needed. We've got our sixes. So our sixes are a loyal skeptic. Now sixes seem to be the people that are the questioners. They're like, what's going to happen? They need to have the plans. They have the A to Z plans with things going wrong. They are always looking at the future of what could happen, what might happen. They can be really anxious driven people. Uh, but they are really loyal. So if you uh, can work with a six, they're really loyal to you. They're really loyal to their family. Um, however, they are just, they're the people that will always be prepared. They're the people that have the band-aids and the extra jumper. <laughs> they're those people. 
We then have our enthusiastic visionary. So sevens are our fun. They're our spontaneous people. They're the people that are always on the go to see the next thing. You know, if you're a person that loves skydiving and jumping off cliffs or like, you know, just waking up in the morning going, hey, let's go for a bushwalk. You might have a seven in you or you might be a seven. They're really looking for the fun. However, on the flip side, they're doing it because they're trying to avoid the pain. So anything that they think might be painful or they just don't want to do, uh, they can procrastinate. They're just like, yep, let's find the fun. So they're really great people to have around <laughs> as well. We then have our eights, our active controllers, and our eights is a force of nature. They have a strong presence, strong personality, and they value being in control. They are sort of like a, um, I think someone's like talked about them like being like a, like a toasted marshmallow, like really like can be like quite hard on the outside, but then really soft and gooey on the inside. They struggle a little bit with vulnerability because they have this sense of, I need to be strong. I need to be strong. I need to be tough. They have this no nonsense exterior. They can come across sometimes as being intimidating, um, but they can really, they really have a sense of um, warmth inside. So it's kind of tapping into that, how you can tap into that with collaborating with them. And then our last, but definitely not least, our nine, our adaptive peacemakers. These are our diplomats. These are the people that are just in tune to what other people need. And they are really great at mediators in groups. They're really balanced. They kind of like, they're the people that just go along with everything. They're not, and nines are not the people you want to ask what to, you know, where to go for dinner because they're just going to be like, what does everyone else want to do? They're really easygoing, warm people to be around. However, they'll often avoid conflict. They will do whatever it takes to avoid conflict. They will, uh, you know, go along with the flow, even if it doesn't suit their narrative, just because having balance and having everyone be, you know, happy and getting along is way more important to them. So that's, yeah, a little bit of a bit of a snapshot, I suppose, of the, the nine different types. And, yeah, you might have heard something that goes, oh, yeah, that might be me or there might be another one as well and that's okay. Uh, we, we might talk about that later in the podcast as well. Oh, lovely. And it's interesting because, yeah, I, I'm i a one, as I said, and when you were talking about each of the types, I was like, oh, I resonate with a little bit of that one and a little bit of this one and, oh, I think because I haven't done my husband and he hasn't done the test, um, and I was like, oh, I think my husband could be that type and it's funny how, yeah, I can see where even though you might be this one type, you may have slight characteristics of these other ones. So, and I love that you've been able to explain each type and I guess the yin and yang to each type as well because there obviously are different sides to each of those types. So how can we discover what our Enneagram is? How, what's the process that we need to do so we can find out what our type is? So great question. And how can you actually discover your Enneagram test? Now, I actually personally discovered mine back in 2017 when I did a leadership course and they got us to do this test. It was called the IEQ9 and it was a, an adaptive, um, dynamically adaptive questionnaire that we had to see. It took about 30 to 45 minutes and it came out with our results because the questions were really based on that motivation behind our behavior 
And so it really comes into that self-awareness. However, there are multiple tests online you can do. Obviously, I work as a coach. <laughs> you can work with a coach to really get to ask the right questions to really deep dig into what Enneagram type you are. And when it comes to this, like, what could that be? Sometimes you can cut yourself down to like one or two types. You're like, oh, maybe I'm a two or maybe I'm a nine. How do I determine which one I am? And my first thing is look at the core motivations for each type and the core fears because you can break it down to that. So some people go, oh, I'm a perfectionist. I'm totally a one. Uh, However, you can also flip that into looking at saying like two's motivation is to be liked, right? So that's why they help people. They really want to be liked. So two's can show up and have a perfectionism behavior because they're worried that people won't like them if things aren't perfect. However, their core motivation is actually to be liked, whereas the core motivation for a strict perfectionist like yourself, Renee, is that things have to be a right or wrong. And so this is where you can really dig into what you are. And it can it's a journey. It's not sometimes, sometimes it's like really clear as day, like you said, like I'm a strict perfectionist, that's what I am. And for me, seeing the two, I really thought, yeah, that's that's me. Um, however, if you're not sure, it is really good to just really focus on those core motivations and fears and really dig into those um, and work with someone that does know what they're doing with the Enneagram because they can help ask you questions that really sort of help them to determine whether you're a, yeah, a two or a nine or maybe whether you're a three or an eight if you're really struggling with kind of getting two types that you may or may not be. And so when it comes to once we've established, okay, this is the Enneagram type that we are, how can knowing your Enneagram type help us in our actual life and our day-to-day and how we show up as, you know, in the hats that we wear as a mum, as a wife, a partner, somebody at work, you know, all the things that we do, how can it sort of, I guess, help us? That is such a great question. Because I have these all the time. They're like, what's the point? <laughs> like, what is the point of knowing an Enneagram type? <laughs> and you want a point. So it can show up in every aspect of your life, really. Knowing your type gives you, firstly, it's the awareness. Now, everyone sometimes can go, oh, where's my growth in my type? But it's really starting to become aware of your type. So once you learn what your type is, you can start to be aware of your sort of your default settings or like the way that you're seeing the world through your type and so this can help in you obviously learning about yourself and your growth patterns but in your relationships and it might be your romantic relationships in terms of your partner like they see the world in a different lens than you so if you're having a discussion about something and you're like I just don't see how they can't see my point of view Whereas the Enneagram gives you that thing going oh I'm seeing it through my lens of my type they're a different type, they're probably seeing it through a different lens and we're just not seeing it through the same lens. I sort of liken it to sometimes thinking that it's like a house, you're in one room looking out a window and they're in the next room looking out a different window so they've just got a different view of it and so it's having that compassion with the relationships you're having instead of going, why can't they see what I'm seeing? (laughs) Because they're just not. So it can really help with that in terms of your romantic relationships in terms of your business, if you're running a business, it can look at where your limitations might be. Being, say, uh, a seven, being really spontaneous and want to keep moving to the next thing, going, 
oh, stepping back and going, okay, I actually need to finish this task. What's Where's the pain that I'm avoiding here that's stopping me from achieving that task? Where can I actually slow down? And so where can I look at what I'm doing as my default and where can I ask the right questions to help me achieve my goals? So for a strict perfectionist, you might be like, oh, I just want this to be right or wrong. Um, and just understanding that not everyone has the same right and wrong views as yourself. So your right view of, for example, stacking the dishwasher. <laughs> we need a <laughs> this, is a, this is a really good example because I definitely stack the dishwasher very differently to my husband. <laughs> yes. yes, this is a great example, especially with um, ones going, you have a version of right and wrong and so does everyone. It's not, you're not, you don't have the, the overall idea of the only ones that have a right and wrong, but you have a really strong sense of that, of this is the right way to do the dishwasher. Why can't you see my point of view? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> <laughs> so then you can start to go, oh, they're just not seeing it the way I'm seeing it because they have a different view of right and wrong. Mm. So it's kind of giving um, the ability to step back and look at a situation from, you know, instead of being, oh, I'm in this and I want to have a dishwasher stacked correctly, <laughs> pulling back and going, okay, this is my right way, but it's actually not my partner's or my kid's version. Mm. And then yeah. you can also bring it to like your parenting. Like you have a view of the world, but your kids have a different view. Like they could have a different Enneagram type than you. So they're seeing things differently. So how you parent um, and understanding your type of how you parent is really important that you're not putting your stuff on your kids. You know, if, for example, you're a five and you like to like hold back and just observe the view, but then you've got a kid who's, um, you know, might be a four or might be a seven or might be an eight or something, you know, they might be acting completely different to how you might be acting. You're like, that's not the right way. However, it gives you that compassion to really look and understand oh, actually, this is the way that I'm seeing the world. This is how I'm acting as a parent. Actually, that's not the same as how my children might be. And so it's trying to see your children through a different lens, if that makes sense. Mm, That makes total sense. And I actually love that you touched on our Enneagram type and how that shows up in our parenting because I think I know for me, um, my husband and I are very polar opposites, you know, where they're yin to the yang. Um, and our children much the same. So it can be difficult when I guess you've almost got like two separate personalities that have conflicting ideas, conflicting views. So I love that you talked about it from that perspective and how knowing our Enneagram can actually change how we might um, necessarily parent or how we look at parenting as well. Yeah, definitely. And I think As parents, you know, we have our view of how we want to parent, but our kids just give us this whole new learning curve ball thrown at (laughs) us of going, oh, okay, you're different to me. And that's an amazing Mm. learning, you know, learning curve. And so many parents say that, like, kids just give you so much value in that learning. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Um, My two children are very opposite. And so, you know, how I've parented the first child is so very different to what's needed for my second child and um, being able to adapt with that, it can be tough, it can be difficult. But I guess in knowing our Enneagram type, it can help us better understand ourselves, which then helps us actually 
you know, parent better and be able to be the type of support and mother that we need to be for our children, having that awareness. Absolutely. And I just wanted to touch on that we can't actually fully type our kids. However, Mm. we can actually see certain things when we learn about the Enneagram as a whole, which I absolutely recommend that you don't just learn your type. (laughs) I recommend learning it as a whole so that you can really understand all the different types So because you'll start to see them in different people and the different relationships and how you need to relate to them based on your type and sort of their type. Although it's not great to sort of guess other people's types because the behavior can be the same for nine people but they can all have different motivations and that is the key to the Enneagram it's really a self it's sort of how you see the world not how the world sees you Mm. so one of the things is with parenting though we know our kids pretty well (laughs) we know and we can start to see and sometimes you can really see an Enneagram type come out in one of your children I have a child in my life who's not my own, um, mine are really little, (laughs) Um, but I've seen clear characteristics of a certain type of that child and I've gone, oh, wow, that's so interesting. You know, there's things and strategies that could help support that parent to parent that child, knowing that the way that they're seeing the world, if that makes sense. Mm. So if you're looking at, you know, say you have a child that's a one, you know, and you're parenting that child knowing that they're a one, knowing that they could be, they might be really critical of themselves. They might, they might also have the same, this is the right way and this is the wrong way. And they could be saying things that you might pick up that go, oh, that might be a one. How can I help support my child better as a one? And it's like going, okay, so knowing that they might be really critical, it's giving them the affirmation that, you know, what they're doing is enough, you know that it's okay to be messy with our play and, you know, we don't have to have it right every single time. But also understanding that's how they're seeing the world, that this is right and this is wrong. Telling them, oh, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Going, yeah, oh, that's how you're seeing it. <laughs> and there's, there's challenges being a parent and then there's challenges for all sort of knowing your type and understanding different children like you might have a child that's an eight and they're strong-willed they're direct they're intense you know but you don't want to squash that you don't want to squash who they are you want to really go who are you as a child and how can I support you best if you have a six child you might have a child that's really anxious and might need to know the you know the steps the things that are happening outside the house you know what's the plan for the day they might need really nice structure and rules Whereas a kid that's a seven, throw like they want a rule book and they want to throw it back at you because they don't want to hear about all the rules that they have to follow because they just want to have fun. But yeah, I think understanding our type and understanding our kids' types can be really, really beneficial. Yeah, I think understanding our type and understanding our kids' types can be really, really beneficial. Yeah, so I really love that you've spoken about parenting and what a difference it can make in knowing your own Enneagram. And I know that I want to dive more into this topic myself because, you know, as a mum, I want to be the best mum that I can be. And any tools and strategies that we can have that can help do that is something that I definitely want to explore more of. So in terms of if you resonate with more than one type of Enneagram, I know you've said that we can't be we sort of only have that one type, but 
I guess we can be a little bit of a combination of more than one. What happens if you don't really resonate with your type or you feel like, oh, I know I'm meant to be type two, but I feel like I'm a little bit more of a type seven? Yeah, great question. And I think this comes up with a few people as well. They can do maybe a test and get results and they're like, well, I don't know if that really sounds like me. And look, you can absolutely get mistyped with testing and even if you have coaches that work with you and ask you all the questions there's still that chance of mistyping because our awareness level is you know not as great as we want it to be all the time so and because it's a self-reporting thing sometimes we can go oh this is how I think I want to look like versus what I actually am and the way that Mm. I see the world if that makes sense Mm. So you can get mistyped, twos and nines can get mistyped, twos and sixes, threes and eights. Like there are certain ones that can get mistyped. The, the, the big thing I say is if you get a result or you work with a coach and you're like, I'm not really sure, ask you to get really curious. Get really curious on all the ways that you might be that type and how that type might have shown up in different parts of your life because you're only one type your entire life. So how you show up as a, a five as a child is different of how you turn up as five as an adult. So your it changes and you integrate as you grow and you have experiences. So how you show up is different. And so there's different of levels of what they call integration. So when you start to grow and start to really become aware of those patterns of your type, maybe say you're a seven and you're starting to see those patterns show up and you can start to really bring into the conscious of, oh, this is my default, but this actually isn't working for me right now. How else can I show up here? That's where you start to grow. And so sometimes that means that you kind of don't feel like you're a seven all the time, or maybe you don't feel like you're a two all the time. So, but get curious on when you've been that over your entire life and not just this moment in time. Plus, you actually are all parts of all the Enneagram types. You know, you've got a little bit of the behaviours in you in all in all the different types to an extent, some more so than others. And so for, say, a six, for a six, we, they have access to their wings. And what we call our wings is either side, the number either side of us. So you've got, being a six, you have your wing five and your wing seven. So you have access to sort of the behaviours and of both of those types pretty strongly because it's really easy for you to access if you look at sort of the Enneagram diagram. And an example of that is like you kind of got your ice cream, <laughs> that your core types, your ice cream, and your your five and your seven are like the different types of sprinkles or toppings you can put on an ice cream, right? Sometimes you might want more sprinkles. Sometimes you might want more chocolate topping, right? So you can kind of access them at different levels. You also have your lines um, where you can kind of go into your stress. Uh, When you get stressed, you can kind of go into different types and show up as different types in there, in the behaviors of different types, depending on if you're really in a real stressful state in your life or if you're in a real easeful aligned state as well. So for example, twos, which is what I am, if I'm in a real stress state, I'm going to sort of the the unhealthy side of an eight and I can kind of become a little bit controlling, want to know what's happening in all the situations. I can get a bit angry and frustrated. And when I'm in real alignment, I can go to my line four, which is really being creative and authentic and showing up as my true self and not hiding that. 
So you have access to those as well as all the different Enneagram types. So if you're looking at the Enneagram type or you're hearing what I'm saying and saying, yeah, I hear that I'm parts of this one and parts of that one, you absolutely are. You're not wrong. You absolutely are. But it's just understanding that you only have one core type. Mm. I love that you've touched on that because, yeah, I think I know that, you know, being that one type that I am, after listening to you giving all these examples, I'm like, oh, I can see that I'm a little bit of that too. So I love that you've talked about that. So for any listeners that are thinking, I really love to dive deeper into knowing and understanding my own Enneagram, how can we best find you? Where can my listeners go to check out what you do and um, get in touch so they can take advantage of your services and what you have to offer? Absolutely. Um, so I am mostly on Instagram. I'm at Samantha underscore Jane underscore coaching. I share a lot of things about the Enneagram and the in-depth parts of the types there. If you want to, you can either DM me uh, there or you can jump on the, the link in my bio. We'll have my packages going forward. I'm really excited that this week I'm launching my packages to the world of how you can t- really dive deep into your Enneagram type. Um, I Like I mentioned before, I use the IEQ9 test, which really gives me the in and out of your type, subtype, uh, really going deep into your type so that you can learn how that looks in your life. And then I offer different size packages in terms of how many different calls that you would like to have with me. And there, so we can discuss further you as a person um, because you're not just your type. Uh, you're a combination of so many different things, your experiences as well. And yeah, really dive into how that is showing up in your life and maybe in your business, maybe in your parenting or maybe just in your relationships or just maybe it's just focusing on just you and how that's showing up in your life right now so that you can really become more self-aware. Um, this, the Enneagram's definitely been talked about as being a map of self-awareness and I think it's a great way that you can start your journey with the Enneagram. So, yeah, if you want to jump over to my Instagram, I also have a Facebook page as well. It's just Samantha Jane Life Coaching. Uh, yeah, and um, if you hear anything on this podcast with Renee that you thought, oh, this is interesting or this might be me, please send me a DM. I'd love to hear from you as well. Oh, lovely. And, of course, I highly recommend, Sam, I think, the Enneagram is something that's definitely worthwhile to explore and the way Sam explains things is just so easy to understand and relate to because I think the topic can be quite confusing um, because it's so, I guess, in-depth. Um, but Sam really has a way of explaining it to, so that we can understand so easily. So I highly recommend you checking her out. And thank you so much, Sam, for being on the podcast. I've loved getting to learn more about the Enneagram for myself and I can't wait to have a session with you to explore mine a little bit further as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Renee. I've loved talking about the Enneagram and, yeah, I can't wait to connect with all your listeners and yourself soon. Lovely. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. To learn more, you can go to reneeoneal.com. I'm so grateful for you being here and super glad you've taken the time out for yourself to tune into today's episode. 
If you loved the episode, don't forget to hit subscribe so you can catch the next one when it's released. Also, if you share this podcast to your Instagram stories and tag me at renee.oneal, I will be sure to send you a little gift straight to your DMs as a thank you.